Why do you support refugees? I support refugees because my family were refugees. I support refugees because we are all God's children and we all deserve a safe place to grow in God's love. I support refugees because God made us all in God's image. I support refugees because I am a legal guardian of a minor asylee named Carol from Burundi. I support refugees because my Lord was a refugee. Because I welcome and I love my neighbor. Hi, and welcome to Hometown, a podcast from Episcopal Migration Ministries, the Refugee Resettlement and Welcome Ministry of the Episcopal Church. I'm Kendall Martin. And I'm Allison Duvall. We're so excited about today's episode. Today, we're joined by Wendy Chan and Vonda Berninger, co-chairs of the One Journey Festival in Washington, D.C. The mission of the One Journey Festival is to amplify refugee voices and enhance public awareness of refugee talents and contributions. They strive to build enduring allies for refugees and use cultural and technological tools to facilitate human connections between refugees and their host communities. Our guest Vonda, who was born in Croatia, immigrated to Germany in 1991 during the Civil War in former Yugoslavia. In Germany, Vonda served as a spokesperson for immigrant and refugee policy for a major German political party in Frankfurt, Maine, and worked for various development agencies and NGOs. Currently, Vonda leads strategic partnership efforts for One Journey to influence public perception of refugees in positive and celebratory ways and identifies innovative partnerships to address humanitarian crises. Our other special guest today, Wendy Chan, is the co-founder of Nova Friends of Refugees, a grassroots coalition dedicated to welcoming refugees. Wendy immigrated to the U.S. from China at age 12. Her humble blue-collar immigrant background helped her appreciate the courage and tenacity of refugees and see the talents they could bring to America. Wendy leads the nearly thousand-member interfaith coalition born out of St. George's Episcopal Church of Arlington's refugee ministry and helping refugees through advocacy, social services, and community engagement. She is also a senior manager at Accenture and a parishioner at St. George's Episcopal Church. She has an MBA from Wharton, UPenn, and an MA from SAIS John Hopkins. She is a recipient of the 2018 Washington Business Journal's Minority Business Leaders Award. We hope you enjoy this episode. For today's scripture reflection, we are looking at the readings for the third Sunday in Lent from the Revised Common Lectionary, the lectionary used by the Episcopal Church. And Kendall, what I was most struck by was the reading from Exodus. In the reading from Exodus, Moses encounters God in this story that we all know is the story of the burning bush. And the thing that I was left pondering was that the moment that God reveals God's self to Moses is also a moment in which God tells Moses that he's observed the misery of his people, that he's heard the cry of the people of Israel, and that God is going to deliver them from their oppressors. So I just find it very important in, in our conception of what God is, of who God is, the first time that God is revealing God's fullness to Moses and to us is the time that God says, I am who I am. I am the Lord, your God, who sees 
you suffering at the hands of your oppressors. I am with the people who are suffering. And I think that that has so many theological connections to EMM's work of refugee resettlement and the idea that God is with the suffering. I just found it a very powerful and poignant piece of scripture to read at this stage in Lent. Absolutely. It's interesting because the reading that stuck out most to me was actually the Gospel of Luke. It's the parable of the fig tree, and there's certainly many different interpretations of it. But at its core, it's about the owner of the fig tree coming. It has been produced fruit in two years, and the vine dress and the, the owners, let's just chop it down. And the vine dresser is saying, no, let's just give it one more year, right? Like, let's give it time to produce fruit. And surely as we've been in this work, I, I like to examine readings based on the work that we do and on what I've learned in my time. And when I was reading it, I was really thinking about that whole concept of, are you just breathing and calling it a life? Mm. Um, are you just going through the motions? And what I heard with the vine dresser saying, like, let's give it another year, right? Like, it'll produce fruit. Like, let's be patient. Let's offer grace. I thought about how a lot of us will say that we support refugees and immigrants and you know we can talk a really big game but are we actually acting on it and i think that there's a lot of room for people to move to action that maybe aren't um and so that's sort of how i read it and i think that's a beautiful connection i mean back to the reading from exodus too if we if our lives are touched and changed by jesus by an experience of the holy then it requires something of us Right. Right. Yeah. It's not enough just to say that you believe it or you support it or you have to actually act it. Yeah. If you've encountered God, you have to realize that God's presence dwells with those who are suffering. Absolutely. Well, we are so excited to have with us today on the Hometown Podcast, Wendy Chan and Banda Berninger from One Journey Festival in the D.C. area. Thank you both so much for joining us. Thank you Thank for having you. us. Thank you for having us. So we'd love to start off by asking how the idea for the One Journey Festival came about, what the original intention was when you all were brainstorming what this could be. So the One Journey Festival, um, Vanda and I basically met by coincidence through an introduction of a mutual friend. And both of us have a sheer passion to do something for the refugee cause, partly because of, as you have already heard, Vanda's background as a former refugee herself and my own immigrant background and having, you know, lived in a community where we've, I have seen immigrants and refugees making tremendous contribution to the community. So we got together and we're, we were tr deeply troubled by the public rhetoric around the refugees. This is back in 2017. And how the, the, the social media and the public is portraying them as cost to our society and threats to our society. And we were asking ourselves, what can we do to help? How can we change that negative narrative? And so we put our heads together and we're like, how about doing something that's really positive and to highlight the human stories behind the refugee crisis? What about an all-day celebration to 
tell the refugee story, to share their talents and contributions, so that we can we can show the community that refugees are um, incredible talents and resilient people that we should welcome to our community. So that's how that's how the idea, sort of the the kernel of idea, started. And I'm gonna leave it for Vanda to see if she has anything to add. Yeah, so like uh, exactly what Wendy says, uh, what Wendy said, and we are, um, yeah, we wanted to change also the narrative and give refugee the voice in the narrative, because that is not what happens so often. So that uh, refugees are victimized and also victimized for the advocate, uh, so from the side of the advocates very often. And uh, we said, okay, why we don't do something where we open up the uh, the field for refugees to to actually advocate for themselves to mm-hmm. show us what, what what they bring to society and how they contribute and how they want to be the part of the society and we want, also what we wanted to do is to put the stigma out of the word refugee because in the last few years uh, the word refugee became stigmatized and we wanted people to think differently when they heard whether uh, they hear word refugee, because the refuge and the refugee is something positive. We all uh, we are all looking for refuge in one or the other point in our lives, and we want emo- people to emotionally connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to this moment when they needed a refuge, which made them refugee. So this emotion connects then with the current refugees. Yep. So we're envisioning, you know, kind of all day celebration and event by the refugee, for the refugee, and with the refugees, just like Vanda said. And we were thinking about using some of what we call the common languages of humanity. So food, fashion, music, and dance, topics that typically cut across country or political and cultural barriers to really kind of unite people together to come to realizations that refugees are just like any one of us, you know, their fathers and mothers, sisters and brothers, and that we all, by helping refugees, we are helping ourselves and that we are all traveling on one journey of humanity together. So that's sort of the genesis of the name One Journey. Yes. And also, so like, so specifically uh, about Wendy and me, we are in personification of this one journey because we are two women born on two different continents, met at the third one. Mm-hmm. And uh, we realize we have so many things in common uh, at, because we are at the same journey. I love that. And I was, I was listening to you both speak. I was smiling and I was thinking about a friend of mine who herself was a refugee, she and I connected over one of these common languages of humanity that you spoke about, Wendy. She and I connected over uh, dance. And I remember her telling me once when we were talking about her life and experience, you know, she said, don't call me refugee. My name is not refugee. My name is Linda. So I think it's, like you said, it's so important to remember, like refugee is something that happened to someone. It's not someone's identity. Their identity is expressed through these common languages languages of humanity, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'd love to ask you a little bit more about the process for creating such a large-scale event um, as the One Journey Festival. I know it got started last year in 2018, and it was just a phenomenal success, and it's growing now. So how, how did you come about creating such, such a big platform to share these stories? So that's a really, really um, interesting question, and um, we would love to share everything about it. Um, so initially, when we got together, actually, you know, I had this vision of, oh, let's do something, you know, in the parking lot of a 
community church with like a couple hundred people coming and celebrate. And, and when I met with Vonda, Vonda was like, okay, if we're going to do something, we might as well do it big. So we were like, <laughs> oh, right. You know, like let's, and then our imagination just went wild. And we were like, okay, let's think if we want to do it big, what would be a significant and symbolic location that will give the rightful place for this festival and also lend a voice to this festival? And we're like, of course, the National Cathedral, because it is the, you know, the, um, the century, sort of the interfaith unit, um, kind of the institution for the country. It is the official church for the country, and it has that kind of prominent status, right? And that it's, you know, that it's, that for this cause, it's well worth, and it has been supporting the refugee efforts um, and the crisis as part of the faith tradition. So we also want to build this as an interf- interfaith initiative. So we decided, hey, let's think about the National Cathedral. And then we went through, for the first year's festival, we had these ideas of food, fashion, and music, and thinking about, you know, which are the celebrity stars that we can bring to represent each of these elements. So we were thinking about, for food, of course, Jose Andres, a local celebrity chef who has <laughs> national name, and it was very active in the humanitarian crisis. And we were also brainstorming some other, you know, celebrity names. And you know what, when you aim for the moon, even though you don't get to the moon, you're pretty far out there still. So we were able to get the National Cathedral to kind of agree to host the event um, on their grounds. We were able to get Jose Andres' team to come and, you know, and have for Jose Andres to do a cooking show with the refugee chef. We didn't get a, a few other celebrity stars, but we were really, really extremely um, we were just really happy with what we were able to come up, you know, end up with. And it was a tremendous, as you mentioned, Ellison, a tremendous success. It's way beyond what we had imagined, you know, from the beginning in terms of the excitement that we were able to generate with our grassroots volunteers. We collaborated with over 150 organizations. And on the day of the festival, we had over 250 volunteers giving their time and resource on the day of to help make this a success event. So that was sort of the, that's just the, how we kind of began to think about that, that idea. And I'm going to let Vanda to talk a little bit more about sort of the operational <laughs> side of things too. And there's a lot to share there as well. Yeah, that is right. As we be like, it's okay. So if we're going to do that, we do it, you know, think big or go home. So it's kind of, you know, so what would be really the perfect setting and, uh, what we want to achieve and so we want to change the conversation so not just here in the sea area and among few people we want to really to make impact big impact and how we're going to do that and that is how we start to think about the, the right place and the celebrities engagement and so to engage also the um, unusual partners like corporations and academia and the grassroots to mix together and to bring together this coalition Mm-hmm. for the refugees without politicizing the issue because a lot of you know a lot of private sector is also afraid of politicizing the issue and we don't want to do that we just want to really come together to celebrate our unity and so this is when they said that is how we you know how we started off so in some moments uh, Wendy and I were sitting together looking at each other and we're saying okay <laughs> so so well, what is the next steps we often had a feeling so we are building the airplane while we are flying it. But we were also incredibly lucky to attract a great team of volunteers 
who brought um, invaluable skills to our group and yeah who took ownership of the part of the parts of the festival and that is yeah how it took off and i think you know from a kind of actionable advice standpoint it's uh, if I think back on how Vonda and I did this, it was having that big vision and, you know, kind of picking a few pieces, have a ability to articulate your vision and how, what are some of the steps that we might be able to get there? And then finding the right um, sponsors like the cathedral, like Jose Andres, that already feel part of that vision and then taking that work and start evangelizing and start broadcasting to recruit volunteers to recruit sponsors to recruit you know kind of in-kind help so that we can begin to implement that vision it is hard work it is a lot of work and a lot of adjusting the strategy as we move forward but i think as vanda said that you know if we if we have that passion if you have that vision and have that conviction this is the right thing to do you will be able to affect your volunteers having that shared vision and conviction and bring everyone along. And so that we find that to be incredibly powerful. And also we're really lucky. And in my opinion, it's, you know, also the, given my faith, my connection to the Episcopal Church, I think it's also God's plan, right? Like God, the spirit is at work. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And as you said, the event was a tremendous success, and I feel incredibly grateful that I was able to attend last June and represent Episcopal Migration Ministries in the Action Tent. There was just so much going on. I'm afraid I didn't get to see everything, um, but I was incredibly impressed. And I'm curious what your hopes are for the event as you're planning the next one and the one after that. So we are, um, we are planning the next festival on June 29th this year, also in Cathedral Grounds. We are, this year we are including technology, so in one of our main, main languages of humanity. <laughs> you, as you may know, we had a series of events already, also in other uh, cities, like we had an event in San Francisco this year and in Charlottesville, we are planning something in, uh, in Philadelphia. So we are expanding nationally, that, which was our plan. We also looking to, to bring uh, one journey beyond Washington DC areas. So the, fest, the festival itself to other major city in US. Uh, for that, we will need more, more su substantial and sustain sustainable funding. So we are working on it uh, so at time, but we are really planning to make one journey, a national, maybe also international movement of welcoming and of unity. Mm -hmm. And just to add a little bit more to the 20, um, June 29th event this year at the National Cathedral, we're expecting 6,000 people to come and we have put together wow. a fabulous program bringing the best of 2018, right? So the, the global marketplace where we feature refugee entrepreneurs who are selling their wares to, to support, you know, their programming or their, their own kind of livelihood, where we continue to have that international food street where we bring in international cuisines. Many of them are locally owned, refugee-owned food trucks to get people to, um, you know, get a taste of truly authentic cuisine from around the world. We're going to have a incredible um, showcase of refugee talent, immigrant talents and 
from arts, performance arts and dance. So we're going to have a dance tent where people can participate and, and, you know, kind of learn the ethnic dance from around the world. We will also have, as Fonda mentioned, technology and, you know, have bring a closer focus on technology, how technology can help solve, address the refugee crisis by showcasing many organizations that are using technology in a really innovative and creative way, but also using technology to connect people like showcasing some of the virtual reality films around refugees. And then finally, we will have, you know, we'll continue to, as part of that technology, we're, we're in conversation with Shear Studios to bring their, continue to bring their portal, which is a digital portal that you can walk in and have live dialogue and conversations with refugees who are living, still living abroad to learn about their stories that way. And then finally, we're going to have a collaborative art project where everyone from the festival can come and participate and and make these avatars of, you know, uh, symbols of freedom and love and and we're hoping to have a one journey bird theme and then or and or some of the you know sort of the other avatars that could represent you know people from around the world and then we were going to do hopefully if all things work well we're going to do a big march colorful march of these avatars on the grounds of the cathedral really to to live out the 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 symbolism of one journey right like to kind of having that moment of sheer moment of feeling that we're traveling on this this journey together so those are the some of the exciting programs that we're planning along with you know interfaith and the other aspects as well and the Tate Ashen Tent, of course, <laughs> where we're going to feature, you know, we, we expect to expand the Tate Ashen Tent to have, you know, more than 30 organizations that are helping refugees so that participants can not only, not only they can come to the festival and learn about the crisis and see, you know, kind of hear the stories and see the, the incredible talents brought by the refugees and immigrants to our country, but also then can be moved to take action and, and have a meaningful way of engaging in this crisis after the festival. I just love it so much. I mean, it's such an impressive and inspiring thing that you all have got going. And I noted that Vonda was saying that you've done similar events. You're trying to help spread one journey in Charlottesville and Philadelphia mm-hmm. and other cities. So I wonder if you could speak a little bit to how if folks are interested in doing this in their own city, mm-hmm. how can they get started? I know, Wendy, you and I've talked about how what the first thing is just to get started. It doesn't have to be super big the first time. So give give our listeners some wisdom about how they can do something similar, even starting small. Yes, absolutely. So there, there are multiple ways to join this one journey movement. And what we right now we have essentially have two models. Um, one is if individuals at another cities are interested in doing a one journey light event, for example, a film screening about refugees or doing a panel discussion, we, our team will be more than happy to provide our experience and share with those individuals our lessons learned experience. Uh, you know, we're working on putting together a toolbox or toolkit um, to spread some of those lessons learned to other communities across the country. But, you know, we're happy to also be that life advisor to anyone who wants to organize one journey affiliated events and then what we could do is based on the location we either help give those guidance so that you can put together this event and we our marketing team can even you know help you market this event to to our community and sometimes we can also send our core team people to to be one of the guest speakers at the event so 
a clear example is the Charlottesville example, where a local UVA student, when he find out about One Journey, he was super excited and got in touch with our team, and so he single-handedly sort of led the organization of this UVA-driven film screening, where we featured two films and had a panel discussion. And the One Journey, you know, I was speaking at the panel、uh, at the event as well as、um, our team was providing him with guidance and coaching on how to put this event together. So that's one way to do it. Another way is if you let us know you have an interest in this, that you are able to kind of provide us with resources, and and we our team, depending on the location and you know where our our attraction is, our team might be able to bring this one journey event to your organization and your location. So an example is how we expand to San Francisco, where our team was heavily involved with. Organizing and bringing the local partners, and had a truly one journey power event in San Francisco with the support of few local volunteers. Um, so you know, there's a pull model and then there's a push model. And thirdly, if you really you don't really have to do a one journey brand event if you are just wanted to start with you know doing something that is. Focus on refugees. You know, we are more than happy to kind of share our lessons learned and 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 kind of provide advice and support if you, if you think there is interest and desire to learn. That's really wonderful. I just love that other people can duplicate the event. I think that's really powerful. And Episcopal Migration Ministries and the Office of Government Relations for the Episcopal Church. Have teamed up to do a Love God, Love Neighbor advocacy in action in DC on June 27th and 28th, preparing people with messaging and and advocacy skills so that they can spend the day on the Hill on the 28th and talk to their legislators about refugee welcome. And we're encouraging people not only to come to the Love God, Love Neighbor advocacy in action, but to stay for Saturday for the One Journey Festival because we're just so excited about it. So I'd love for you to tell our listeners the time of the event, and then where people go to get more information closer to the date. What the website is, that'd be great. Absolutely. So the event will be on Saturday, June twenty ninth, on the grounds of the National Cathedral. The best way to stay informed is to visit our website. www.onejourneyfestival.com, and if you click on contact us, you can sign yourself up to join our email listserv so that you can get updates about this event. You can also sign up to be a volunteer, and if you you know if you have the time on on June twenty ninth and would would like to be involved in a deeper way, we welcome all sorts of support. As you can imagine, one thing that we didn't Really point out clearly is this is a purely volunteer-driven movement. This is an organization that is run by volunteers only. Vanda and I both have daytime, you know, responsibilities and and jobs, and 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 now we are we're just devoting this as you know our passion and doing this on the nights and weekends. So is other. Thirty core team volunteers who has been working with us tirelessly for the last seven eight months in putting this together. So we welcome all the help that we can get. And if you're passionate about this effort, we not only want you to come to the festival but also get involved as well. That's excellent. And we are. I think we're nearing the end of our conversation. So I wanted to ask both of you. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about about your work, about the festival? Any last words you'd like to leave us with today? 
Yeah, so um, as Bendy already said, uh, so we would love uh, for so many people as possible to spread the word and to encourage to come to our festival uh, on June 29th and at the grounds of National Cathedral, but also to look at our website and to uh, get informed about the events that we plan between now and then. And also, if they're interested to sign up to volunteer, we are welcoming any new ideas. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we are looking forward to spread the word and to to get more to get with more common travelers on one journey together. I just wanted to add that the the refugee crisis is really at historical scale as 68.5 million people being displaced. And that is one out of every 122 people. And Vanda and I feel incredibly lucky as individuals who have either lived through the refugee experience or as individuals who have seen, grew up in an immigrant community. And, And we just felt that this is something because we're so blessed. We're so grateful for, for life, it's opportunity. And, and thinking about those refugees who, are, who really were forced out of home due to no fault of their own. They were simply born in the wrong place and, and wrong time in history. And this is our human obligation to help. And so with that, we, we felt lucky and we hope every one of your listeners will feel how lucky you are to have the opportunity and to live a fairly comfortable life in this truly great country and that you would you would do your little parts um, in learning more about the refugee crisis and learning how to get involved we I, I always like to end my my kind of talk and presentation this wonderful quote that I love from Helen Keller who said about 100 years ago that the world is moved along not only by the mighty shoves of its heroes but also by the tiny pushes of each honest worker. And for us, it's really getting everyone's tiny pushes to make a difference and to hopefully change the world and how the world perceives the refugees through this One Journey Festival. Wow. Well, we can't thank you enough for what you both are doing, what your whole team is doing. I know that Episcopal Migration Ministries and the Episcopal Church are so honored to be sponsors of the One Journey Festival Thank you both for all that you do to raise up these stories and to build community and relationships, both where you live, but also as this movement spreads across the country and the world. So thank you for being with us. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. And we really hope to see you on June 29th in Washington, D.C. for the One Journey Festival. We also invite you to an event hosted by both the Episcopal Church's Office of Government Relations and Episcopal Migration Ministries called Love God, Love Neighbor, Advocacy in Action. This two-day gathering, June 27th and 28th in Washington, D.C., will provide both messaging and advocacy training, as well as a full day on the Hill advocating on behalf of refugees and the Refugee Resettlement Program. Learn more and register at EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org forward slash LGLN. 
And one thing we want to mention about the One Journey Festival is that Abraham Mawinda, our theme song composer, will be performing there. So come meet Abraham, enjoy some hometown friends, and we'll see you there. Follow EMM on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we are EMM Refugees. Until next time, peace be with you and all those you consider home.